You have tuned in to Authors Up here on ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network. Your hosts are authors Ruth Griffin, Andrea L. Hines, and yours truly, Victoria Henderson Poole. We love what we do, and we know it is every author's desire to get their work to a greater audience. Authors Up is a forum for authors by authors those who are already published, and those who want to be, along with other writers and playwrights. Here, we provide an opportunity for their work to be showcased as we share our own, gain tips and tools, information and insight to not only enhance the writing process, but be able to just enjoy the journey. Those who are willing to put pen to paper will usually have a story they are willing to tell and they are invited to tell it right here. And if you are not a writer yet, no worries. We want you to be a part of our listening audience. So take notes if you like, send in your questions, or just feel free to comment on the candid conversation because it's time for Authors Up. Well, good evening, everybody, and thank you for being with us here at Authors Up. You have joined us on ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network, and we are always, always glad to have you. We just roll out the red carpet for you every Sunday evening at 7 p.m., so we are glad that you are with us tonight. We have a special guest with us tonight who has written a book that you are going to want to know about it, tell you that, but we're going to first let me uh, have my co-host welcome you this evening. Uh, Ruth, are you there? I am here, and I am so glad to uh, be here. I'm glad that you guys are here with us, and I am glad to welcome all our listeners. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very good. And how about you, Victoria? Well, as always, I am glad to have another chance for our listeners to be here with us and also another chance to be with my bronze girl. So I'm happy to be. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, uh, you know, listeners, we always try to start our program with sort of a, a weekend review to let you know what we've been up to from Sunday to Sunday, and that's what we are going to do tonight. And I think Ruth has some information to share with you about the project that's on the table right now. So, Ruth, why don't we start with you tonight? Absolutely. So, you guys know we, we, we've been saying it for the past week, been on our social media, so we've got our My Time Story Time tale yet again. So this one, mm-hmm. our new one is entitled Flight 325, and it's set in post-pandemic America. That almost sounds like it's some kind of, you know, 
zombie movie or something, but it's not. So <laughs> no one turned into a zombie after taking the vaccine. You know, travel and social distancing has been lifted and, you know, everything's kind of been gone back to quote unquote normal. And we have our three protagonists who are at the airport waiting to board their plane. They make small talk until an announcement is made that the flight has been delayed. And that's when the real conversation begins. So we are looking for uh, normally we go with three. We, we've got two slots left, so we, we want two of our listeners to help us write the story. We're doing things a little differently, so, you know, listen up. We're making specific character requests. We uh, want a frontline – one of the characters should be a frontline worker who witnessed the worst of the pandemic, and the other person is uh, someone who has experienced grief as a result of the pandemic. And – Th- those specific characters, plus you know, a parent who has had to work from home and school from home, they're the, they're the ones that are going to be contributing to this conversation at the airport. So, if you're interested in writing the character profiles for it for either one of the two that are left, email us at authorsup at gmail dot com, and this is first come first serve. So, if there's a particular profile you want to write, be sure to email us as soon as you can. So that's authorsup at gmail.com. And the profiles, uh, we're looking about mid-March, March 15th. You can get those back to us, but we can't wait to hear from you. And that's it. <laughs> and I'm Ruth, excited. The, the, um, the profiles are specific to that particular character, right? Yes. Yes, so each profile that you'll be filling out will ask questions, you know, in general, who they are, what they are. But, you know, the frontline worker will ask, you know, the the character profile for the frontline worker will ask specific questions about them in the same way that the other one who has experienced grief will ask questions about that as well. Okay. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. to see what we've got and how, we, how we're going to put it all together. It's always a challenge. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the fun part of it. So it's like putting a puzzle piece together. <laughs> no, the fun part is when it's all over. <laughs> we can read the story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I um, let's see what my week was like. I was busy turning in some information because members of my family are doing a um, genealogy, and um, they ask for some information <clears throat> about Matthew Henson, which I am a descendant of explorer Matthew Henson, okay. and I happened to find an article. Um, Part of the family uh, in in the Eskimos came to the United States to meet um, some of their family. And when they did, uh, it was at a time when National Geographic had this big uh, centennial issue. And I ran across it. I, I thought I had lost it, but I ran across it, and it just told the story, uh, told his story, and he was never really recognized the way that Perry was for his contribution um, to that that project, to the discovery. And uh, okay. years later, he was reinterred at um, uh, Arlington Cemetery. 
So it was oh, wow. just been real interesting, you know, reading reading about my, my heritage, reading about the family. Oh, that's so, now, in the midst of that, I had a surprise visit, visit from my grandson today. And uh, I, 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 look, I say it like he's a little boy. He's a 33-year-old man. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you still yours. But I'm still, look, I'm still glad to see him and still hug him like he's a little boy when he comes. But he gave me a book, and, and I can't. I wish I had brought it up to the studio with me, but it's, it's about writing your story. And every page oh, great, in it, it's like a journal. I'm sorry? It's like a journal, and every every page has a question mm-hmm. for you to answer. And I thought, this is, this is absolutely wonderful because there's so much that we don't know, um, right. that we don't remember if nobody sits down and talks to us. And he said, no, he said, you've got to, fill in these pages, and then give it back to me so that I can read all about your life. <laughs> Look at that. That's awesome. I thought that was a good idea. I think so. Right now I'm having, look, right now I'm having trouble remembering yesterday, so it's, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to go back too far if I wait too long, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's that's been stuff for me for the week. How about you, Victoria? What's been going on with you? So, well, the only thing I have this week is there's just been some, a few changes in the house. Um, Greg, my hubby, had to go back to work. You know, he works in the school system. So they called the teachers back. I'm here, in, you know, here in Durham in DPS schools. So um, they called the, the teachers back, and he had his first COVID shot. So he went on back. So the house has been relatively quiet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's about it. You know, I've been able to just, you know, focus on some work and, um, 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 that's about it. That really is about it for me. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's been a quiet week of getting some work done and I've been, you know, able, I, I, I work better when I'm, it's quiet. So it, it that's mm-hmm. been good. Okay. I, I miss him a little bit. I miss him a little bit in the house, but it's just been wonderful to be quiet. <laughs> 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 All right, that's enough of us. We have a guest with us tonight waiting. So, Andrea, go for it. Tell us about oh, who right. we have going. <laughs> well, our guest tonight is Marcia C. McLean, and she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor, licensed clinical addiction specialist, a national speaker, TV consultant, and author. Marsha has over 20 years of experience in the mental health field. Due to her years of experience and being respected in her field, she helps train new clinicians who reside in North Carolina and Virginia. She has worked in various human services organizations, such as the North Carolina Department of Corrections, nonprofit organizations, and crisis services. Marsha has worked extensively with the U.S. military and worked briefly at the U.S. Marine Corps headquarters as a subject matter expert in the Substance Abuse Program Division. Marcia currently works with a diverse population in her private practice, Revive 
Therapeutic Services, PLLC. Help us welcome the author of Raising a Prodigal, Marsha McLean. Welcome, Marsha. Hearts up, hearts up. You all know what to do. Hearts up for Marsha to welcome <laughs> to our program tonight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Excited <laughs> to be here. We glad are so to have glad you. To have you. Yes, Marcia. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, before we get to your book, I would love to hear a little bit more about you, personally speaking. I mean, you have an awesome bio. You have done amazing things, but you know, we want to know a little bit where you're from and what you've done and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So I'm originally from uh, Southern Pines, North Carolina. I've been uh, uh, born and raised in North Carolina with the uh, military. I was never part of the military, but I worked with them extensively. So I've been fortunate enough to travel uh, with my work. I was able to even go over to South Korea for a few months to assist with the military at Camp Casey. But uh, I'm just kind of a mellow person. I love to help, like to help in my church. I'm the church announcer, uh, and I do a lot of I, I volunteer my services a lot of the time to uh, organizations local to me. I don't know if you all ever heard of the Karen Place. They help with homeless yeah. families that yeah. are working. You know, I provide support. I provide support there when needed. You know, I also help like with with Prom Shop. That's help uh, under. Uh, what is it, underprivileged girls get prom dresses. Wasn't able to help too much this uh, 2020 just because of COVID. Yeah. But I am mm-hmm. a giver at heart. I, I feel like I have a, a gift of help. That's something I get excited about. But I'm also a mother and a grandmother as well. All right. Right. Well, that is, thank you for sharing that. So sure. I, I will say I had the pleasure of working with you on your book. It's called Raising mm-hmm. a Prodigal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. My book, I want to just make sure I stick this in here, this subtitle, Raising a Prodigal, a Story of Encouragement. This Mm -hmm. book came about with my relationship with my son. And I'm just going to speak candidly, just because I was a teenage mother, and sometimes Mm -hmm. I didn't do everything correctly. And I do think because I have a history If you look at my history, my mom was a teenage mother. My grandmother was a teenage mother. And so Mm -hmm. because of these patterns, we are not really prepared to be mothers, and sometimes um, we operate out of a survival mode is kind of what I call it, and Mm -hmm. just not knowing, just keep repeating these unhealthy habits. So I'm a teenage mom with a son, and I've never really been around young men before other than, you know, like my dad, but I was raised with a sister. So a lot of the things that my son needed I wasn't aware of and I did not know. And uh, so this book came about, I knew I was going to write it when he was a teenager because he just drove me crazy. (laughs) He just drove me crazy. (laughs) And uh, and I, 
And I ain't never prayed that much in all my life. I said, just like, Lord, why, Lord, why? And I was like, you know, Lord, I'm too pretty to go to prison, Lord. I can't, I can't do this, God. <laughs> but I believe, and I was like, it got to be a reason. And and that's when I realized when people say you go through things for other people. I used to hate when people tell me that in church. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to hear that. I'm going through this. You don't understand. I don't want to hear that. But I truly understand what that means now. When you go through things, you really sometimes may be going through it to help somebody else. And those experiences that I had with my son have uh, blessed me with another, a new understanding to help other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the title comes, back, comes from the well-known Bible verse about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about that? Why did you choose that? I love that uh, story. And mm-hmm. I think I shared with Ruth before. I love it because when I was understanding the, uh, that particular story, it's about a rich man that goes out, get all his money, and go out and just blow it up and would end up having to take care of some hogs or something, some pig swine mm-hmm. or something. And he's right. like, I ain't got to do this. I can go home. And he went home. And his mm-hmm. father welcomed him. And so that's kind of how God does us, you know, like a backslider coming home. He embraces us with all this mess. You know, I could just imagine how he looked and smell and all that, but his father mm. took him back. So mm-hmm. the story is not necessarily about, to me, the son, but how the father still was a father. How he mm-hmm. still embraced him. He said, that's my son. He done done some foolish stuff, done wasted his money. But he, he celebrated him when he came back home. And Amen. that's right. what I wanted to understand and I want people to get. Regardless of what your child does, don't ever give up on them. Mm-hmm. And still know mm-hmm. your role as their parent to love in spite of. And love is what? Long suffering, Lord Jesus, it Amen. is long suffering. Come on now, and, come on. And, and so that's what this book is about. It talks about my son, but it also talks about me. And sometimes I have to just be the adult. Yes, I want to stoop this level and and go another way. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I'm his mother, and I'm the mm-hmm. only one he has in his corner. And if I give up on him, what's going to happen to him? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what I got out of That's why I love that story. Not necessarily the son, but how the father responded. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you what, I've never really looked at it from that standpoint, but that, that is an awesome way of looking at that story. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, so it, it, now your book is short, um, but it's yeah. powerful. Um, why, mm-hmm. why did you choose to tell it so concisely? So, as a therapist, people, I'm always telling people to read stuff, but what I realize is people just don't read like they used to, <laughs> you know. They just don't read like they used to. They may not have the time, so I wanted it, right. I want it to, to be impactful, insightful, yeah. and I wanted it to be where people could sit down and read it in one setting and enjoy it and get an understanding from it. So that was my goal because I didn't want to drag it out. And I, mm-hmm. and then, like, 
I couldn't determine if whose story someone kind of like how much to stay on my story, how much to stay on my son's story and our story together. So I was like, let me just make it where it you can get some nuggets out of there, get you some support, mm-hmm. let somebody know they understand, and give you that impact in the shortest amount of time once ago. Mm-hmm. You know what? You you succeeded in that. You definitely yeah. did. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 So I'm going to turn you over to uh, Andrea. What do you got sure. for our, our guest tonight? Okay. Well, Marsha, I wanted to ask you a couple of things very, very quickly. Um, for those who don't know uh, anything about uh, ADD, can you just give us some, some highlights as to what, what that is like to, to, um, to have a, a child who has ADD? What are some of the signs? What are some of the, the behaviors for that? We hear the term a lot, but I'm not sure okay. that we really have an understanding of of what that is or what it is like to live with someone who who has been diagnosed with that. Can you give us a little insight there? Sure. Now, uh, ADD and ADHD are kind of the same thing. Uh, if you look, you know, if you look at it, so ADD is attention deficit disorder. ADHD is attention hyper deficit disorder. So, uh, what I want people to grasp, if you know that your child is hyper, you know, getting up, can't stay still, having trouble with concentration, focus, you know, always seem to never be where you left them, like they're constantly moving, you may need to consult to see if they have hyperactivity. But a lot of kids get um, are actually – not even considered for ADD because they're not a behavioral problem like getting up, moving around, and all these things. Like my son has ADD. He daydreamed a lot. You know, he would, he would be sitting mm-hmm. there, but he wouldn't be paying attention. Like he couldn't have mm-hmm. his mind focused. He wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. He was in his own mind. But he had the other symptoms like unable to focus, unable to kind of concentrate, you know, those type of things having trouble mm-hmm. staying on task, those are examples of ADHD and ADD because they're, they're together, but they're two separate ones, like, but, but they're together. And one thing that I notice, people are very hurt when their child is given any type of a label, and they take it personal, and they make it about themselves. And sometimes when parents make things about themselves, their children don't get the help that they need because the parents make it about themselves. So I would encourage any parent, if you've ever heard from a professional that, hey, can you maybe get this person evaluate your child evaluated, don't take offense. Embrace what they're saying. Ask, be specific. Advocate for your child. What exactly are you saying? What are the struggles? And please go take them to a professional. Now, I will say this. I am not a medical professional, but I will say this. Like, I don't have no license. I'm not a doctor. I am a licensed clinical counselor, though. I will say start with a psychiatrist or a psychiatric nurse practitioner. 
Sometimes it's not best to go to your primary care doctor because if you think about it, the primary care doctor has to know a whole bunch of different things. But someone that is a nurse practitioner, a psychiatrist, their specialty is what? Psychiatry, which is the mind, behaviors, mm-hmm. things that go on in the mind. And you may need somebody to give you some clear, concise information and help you if you decide medication management. But some other things that you can also look at is exercise. Look at what you're feeding your child, and look at mm-hmm. really research the foods that help the brain. And I and that's all Absolutely. I have to say. I felt myself getting a little mm-hmm. preachy, but. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right about all of that, yes. Yes. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've got one other thing, uh, too, before I, I let you go to Victoria. There, and, sure. and I commend you for all of the resource information that is in your book. Yeah. I think that was wonderful uh, that you put uh, you. Uh, the names of agencies and, and, you know, topics and where people could go to get the help that they need. But, you know, we we always have somebody, you, you hear people say all the time that, you know, parenting doesn't come with a manual. You know, you do, mm-hmm. you do the best you can do with what you have and what's going on at the time. But if there was, if there was a manual for parenting, <laughs> tell me three things that you would include. You've given me one already, and that was don't give up on your child. And I thought that was mm-hmm. a powerful one. So if there are a couple of other things, just nuggets that you think would be uh, instrumental in in positive parenting, what do do you think those, what would you tell us? What would you tell our listeners? So what I will tell you is have a good support system. Now listen to me when I say support system. I'm talking about someone that you can bounce ideas off of, someone that will encourage you. So connecting with other mothers that you can just kind of get some ideas to. I'm not talking about a support system where you just go hang out and just have a good time. When you are a parent, you need to be around other parents that can relate and that mm-hmm. you can kind of glean information. So that's one, having a parent support group, making sure that you have maybe an older parent that you that's already kind of been through what you're going through that you can talk to. Like now, I can provide you information, and I won't make the conversation. I understand because when this happened to my child, I did this, this, and that. I'm going to be able to listen, hear you out, and ask you, would you like some advice? Would you like a suggestion? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to do that. So a family, like I said, a uh a parenting community that supports you, and identify one or two older parents that's already raised some kids that can kind of help you because they have experienced and been through. So absolutely that one. And also Mm -hmm. another one that I will say, I want you to be able to remember, don't forget when you were a child. And and remember some of the things that didn't make no sense to you when your mom and dad said it, and you now you're repeating and doing the same thing. Like, for instance, my mom and dad used to say, well, you know better. How am I supposed to know better? I mean, you know what I mean? How am I supposed to know better? Or then, and and, uh, please forgive me if I insult anybody. That's not my intention. 
I was a single, I was a single teenage mother, and I was told, right. "Don't bring no babies home." But you explained to me how babies kind of happen. Now I hope they're still not going on, but it can be. So what I'm saying yeah. is, if you know with some things that your mom or dad said, and you recognize that you're you're saying it now. Can you have, be a little compassionate? That child may not know, because at one time you didn't know, like, why are you saying that? You know, so kind of mm-hmm. think about those things. Put yourself back in your child's shoes, because they're, we, they're human. They're not going to be perfect. Then they are going to make mistakes. But be there to be that buffer and help them to learn from any mistakes and let them know there's consequences for it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, right. And then, and then, like I said, one other thing I would say is, no, Jesus, Lord have mercy, no, Jesus. That shit. Yeah. No, that's Sometimes right. You be crying, you be crying in the midnight hour, and he'll listen to you. Now I'm telling you, you listen. <laughs> Come on now, Marsha. I tell you, if you don't have it on your to-do list, you need to put it on your to-do list to come up with a guide to parenting. Because these are okay. Oh, you know what? I'm write that down. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm telling you, I'm enjoying this. Is and it's good practical stuff. I mean, it's things yeah. that that we. Yeah. We don't even think of things that may we think are second nature, but they really aren't. And they're things that we really need to think about and be intentional about. So thank you for that. I, I really I really enjoyed that seriously. Victoria, what, what do you have for Miss Marsha? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I'm were sorry, you trying to say anything, Marsha? Go ahead, go ahead. I was, I'm sorry. Imagine if it was just in, like you said, a practical condensed book like I like to write them in little small books nothing long drawn out and all these big old words and stuff and you were trying to and the book stress you out so where they end up on the shelf somewhere they never read right, so <laughs> right. Practical, enjoyable like, like okay they really relate so of course I'm going to get on that thank you Yes, ma'am. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Amen. That's what well. we're here for, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 abs- I love the book. You know, you know, every week I feel like I'm saying the same thing, but it's true. I love your book because of its transparency. And, um, you know, and I know it was difficult. You know, you talk about you had to let your son go. Could you speak to us about that, how, how that was for you? Absolutely. And you know, we are very transparency, transparent on this show. Absolutely. And one thing, the reason I wanted to be transparent was uh, because I want people to know, listen, I'm a therapist, but I got issues just like you. I struggle with stuff just like you do. You know, me and my child don't have the best relationship, but I'm very hopeful Mm -hmm. that still my child. So um, I want to say that before I, 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 I had to make a decision to let him go. I did, I was trying to hold on to him so long. So if you read the book, I'll just give you a little snippet of I have been on my own since I was 16. My mother and father got married very young. They divorced in their 30s. I was 16, and, and their idea was, okay, she's mature. Let's just get her apartment and let her be an adult. That's what they mm. did. And, um, wow. And I felt like I wasn't protected, and I wasn't because I ended up in mm-hmm. a very unhealthy relationship. 
So I was trying to protect my son because I knew, okay, you look like a man, you sound like a man, but you are not a man. You are a teenager. You need my mm-hmm. protection. But he didn't see it like that. He felt like I was smothering him, that uh, mm. he could not have any friends, no fun. And um, and that's not what it was. I was trying to mm-hmm. protect him the only way that I knew how, by being there, by making sure, you know, you were safe, having some opinion on your friends and those type of things. But it was pushing him away from me. And looking back now, I probably was a little too strict and, and too clingy because at that time I had not addressed my own issues from my childhood, from my teenage years. But my right. son was having behavioral problems. He did not want to listen. And when he turned 19, he made some decisions that I just don't agree with. You know, he, he did some right, things right. that being very still being, being disrespectful, you know, hollering and screaming at me. And he was saying, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to move on. I want to get out. I want to. So I told him about, you know, get on, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know what else you want me to do. I've provided a safe place for you, a stable place for you. You know, all I've asked you to do is go to school. But if you don't want to do those things, you need to leave because you're not going to be running in and out. I don't approve mm. of that, but, and I'm not going to do it. Now, if you're a parent who do it, that's your business, but I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to, miss, you know, go back and forth with you. So because of his behavior, not wanting to change some things, not wanting to go to school, hanging out with a crowd I didn't agree with, I mm-hmm. decided to let him go instead of letting him go, go in and out. And it wasn't an easy decision. You know, um, many nights I stayed up trying, you know, wondering where he was, driving, trying to figure it out until finally I truly had to give him to somebody higher than myself, and that was the more. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know where he is most of the time. He don't barely call me. I don't know, but I can't continue like this because it's affecting my mental health as well as my physical health. And I'm asking God, help me. And so as God was helping me, you know, uh, helping me to let Tyrell go, that's my son, to let my baby go and find mm-hmm. some type of some type of peace. So, you know, and so what I would do is I wrote a journal to remind me of all the wonderful things about my son, all the wonderful things that we did, all my hopes and dreams for him. And mm. that way I was able to let him go. And when I got lonely, I continue. These are the hopes and goals that I have for you. These are the prayers I'm going to continue to pray for you. And I'm going to remember that little Mm -hmm. boy when he first made his basketball shot. I'm going to remember that little boy that got on the road. I'm going to remember all of that, and that continues to give me hope. So that's how I was able to let let him go physically. But in Mm -hmm. my heart, my mind, he was still with me, and he's still with me of to, course, you know, today, you know, yeah. Of course, Amen. Okay. that is beautiful, Amen. and I and I really appreciate that. You know, as as moms, you know, sometimes we just, you know, feel like we're just not getting it right. But you know, I just yeah. I appreciate your transparency, and Absolutely. you also helping me more than you know tonight because just in being transparent as well. You know, I am I'm dealing with some of the things you've already spoken about as far as diagnosis of the you know ADHD. Um, with one of my children, and it's 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 been difficult, but you really um, 
Uh, you really have helped. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And I, I wanted to ask that. you. That's what I like to do. Sure. Yeah. What ha- What was your path to deciding to be a mental health counselor? How did you How did you come to the decision to do that? So I actually kind of fell into it. Uh, I'll I'll be. <laughs> I thought I was going to the army. Lord knows, I thought I was the working <laughs> army. But realized I couldn't go to the army with a swole belly and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, hard. And you know, I don't know if y'all are familiar with this, but if you go, if you decide to go to the army and you have a child, you have to sign that child over to someone. And mm. I didn't have anybody to sign my son over too and when I saw him I felt like it wasn't right to give him you know to someone else that I needed to kind of cover him and and be there for him and so Mm -hmm. I so instead of going to the army I just decided you know we're going to do this together so I went to school and I remember my social worker in school I took part in vocational rehabilitation I remember my counselor there when I had some other incidents coming up, I remember counselors being a support to me. I was so scared of being a horrible parent that even at 17, I knew I needed to get parenting classes, and I decided wow. to get parenting classes kind of helped me with my son, and that's when I realized, you know what, I really, I really like this. I really like helping people wow. and giving them resources and information, and I just fell into it. And then another thing that came up when I was in courses, you know, when I was taking my classes, my mm-hmm. father um, was an alcoholic. And mm-hmm. I wanted to try to understand uh, alcoholism and, you know, that disease process. So that those two things kind of came together, and that's how I ended up being licensed in mental health as well as addiction, uh, just because I realized I wanted to help, but I also really wanted to help the people that feel so hopeless when their family members are dealing with something and, they, and, they, and, and yes. they're feeling like they have support, but what about me? I'm left behind. Because when you have issues of mental health and substance abuse, the whole family suffers. You get what I'm saying? The right, whole family right. suffers, yes. But sometimes only that person with an identified issue is the one that gets help. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I fell into uh, mental health. Wow. Well, it sounds yeah. like it's, it's where you need to be. <laughs> I oh, thank it's just you because I enjoy it. I really, I really enjoy it. I, I really enjoy when people have those aha moments, and it mm-hmm. just does something to me to be to be a part of that process. You know, I, I, I really enjoy it. As you can see, in 20 years later, I can still say that with joy because sometimes if you're not careful, you'll burn out from it. So as I am right. adamant, I am a staunch believer of self-care and pulling back and meditating and praying. I'm a strong believer in all those things <laughs> so you can be well to help somebody else. Yes. Well, what yes. does self-care look like for you? So self-care to me, it's nothing real. It's got to be nothing real fancy or nothing. Now, if you mm-hmm. saw me in person, I'm a tall woman. But I got a little meat on my bones. I'm saying that for a reason. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so 
thing, I work, I work out, but I don't think I work out like to lose weight. I work out because it's a stress reliever to me, and your endorphins mm-hmm. make you feel good. Because the gym I go to, the man be fussing at me because when he he say run, I be going to the casino. So I'm coming back, and he's calling me over there. have some good laughs. Make sure you incorporate that. Like, have you laughed today? Making sure that you right. laugh. I know I look. I listen to Pandora and the comedians. I make sure that I just have a good belly laugh, you know, one from way down. Making sure you pray every day. Have yes, a connection, yes, you, know, to, uh, you know, to the Lord. That, that helps me, that quiet time. And also, another thing, except... Uh, I accept where I am in life. And when Mm -hmm. I look at my past, I own it, the good, the bad, the ugly. I own it. I embrace it. And I accept where I am in life. Because, you know, um, when people, it's always disheartening when people are just not happy where they are. And I don't have a problem if you're not happy where you are. But it's like you're so unhappy and miserable, you forget the small things that make you up, not just right. this one major thing. So those are right. my little self-care tips and stuff. And, of course, you know, good hygiene and stuff like that. And, and, yes, and, and I'm yes. not trying to be funny, but, you know, take care <laughs> of yourself. Look like something when you go outside. You know what I'm saying? Come on. That's it. You know, coming outside. That's it. Your, uh, <laughs> you know, you have the stuff on, and, and you know your men's and stuff. Put, put your pants up, Lord have mercy. Go get a haircut. You know, because all of that, all of that is self care and hygiene. Because yeah. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's going to affect your mood. It really will affect your mood. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you tell our listeners? Uh, and I'm going to say it. Get the book, guys. Get the book. Yeah. Please the tell book. our listeners where they could get the book and how they can get in touch with you. So you can definitely get the book on Amazon. Uh, you just put in, you can put in my name, Marsha McClain, and McClain is spelled M-C-L-E-A-N. Or you could definitely mm-hmm. put in Raising a Prodigal, a Story of Encouragement. You could definitely get it there. You can also get it on my website, be more than happy to send you the book as well as a card of appreciation. Uh, and that website, now be prepared for it because this is what my, the name I speak under. It's called Your Professional Sister, all one word, Your, mm-hmm. Y-O-U-R, Professional Sister. And sister is spelled S-I-S-T-A dot com. Your Professional mm-hmm. Sister. And please feel free to follow me on Instagram by that same name and also on Facebook. And I also have a YouTube channel with that same mm-hmm. name as well. So please okay. feel free to uh, get uh, get the book on Amazon. I believe it's on sale this week for $6. Now, you can't beat that now. If you don't All want right. to it, uh-uh. no ma'am. <laughs> it's not on sale. Well, That's thank you so much. Oh, hello? Oh. What you yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? We're, we're still here? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Everybody's so still here. Saying, oh, what I was saying was if you didn't want to get it for the title alone, it's on sale. 
you know, if you want to get all right. as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, I like her. Anyone who supports and anyone that hopes to support, I really appreciate it. It's greatly appreciated. Yes. I so enjoyed talking to you. I was like, Talking to a couple of old friends, I have my little tea and everything. I wish I could see my. Exactly. We, and, and you know, I feel like I was getting ready the same way. I, was, I said, I like her, guys. I like her. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Marsha, hold on one second. We, we don't want you to leave yet. We definitely thank you for being here. But hang on a sec. We usually, um, at this point, uh, Ruth usually has a tip for our listeners. So go ahead, Ruth. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So. Um, and this goes a little bit along with uh, the book um, in that we'll, we'll be talking about flash fiction tonight. So I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but, you know, this is one of the tools that you can use to become a better writer. Now, if you remember, it's a fictional work of extreme brevity that still offers character and plot development. So, And to perfectly illustrate this um, uh, what it is, I, I found the most awesome story on the internet today about the author, Ernest Hemingway. In a 1991 letter to Canadian humorist John Robert Colombo, science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke recounts, more than 30 years ago at the beginning of my career, I had lunch with a well-established newspaper syndicator who told me the following story. Ernest Hemingway was lunching at the Algonquin, sitting at the famous round table with several writers, claiming he could write a six-word long short story. The other mm. writers balked. Hemingway told them to ante up $10, which in the 1920s was a lot of money. If he was wrong, he would match it, but if he was right, he would keep the pot. He quickly wrote down six words on a napkin and passed it around. The words were for sale, baby shoes, never worn. Hemingway won the bet. His short story was complete. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it does what flash fiction does best, hint at or imply a larger story. Clark wrote, I still can't think of it without crying. So the anecdote is unsubstantiated, though it certainly matches Hemingway's writing style and his personality. But, and it is an example of extreme brevity. But flash fiction doesn't have to be long. And it the process doesn't have to be winded for you to do what it's intended to accomplish, and that's to help you develop your writing. Now, there are many different varieties. You can use a six-word story. You can do 280. It's called Twitter. Um, you can do a dribble, um, 50 words. You can do up to 750 words. You can do 1,000 words. But the point is just to keep it short and just, you know, choose your word count and then just remember, you know, just write. You know, that, that's all it is. You're just writing a short story. You can pick ideas from either from real life, snatches of conversation you heard, or people you met. You can pick it from other books or movies. I know everyone has seen Coming to America. If you haven't, you need to. But, <laughs> you know, just imagine, you know, what was like at the end when Lavelle settled into palace life or when Mika becomes queen of Zamunda, you know. Just those little things. Mm-hmm. Write a short story. Put pen to paper and see what you come up with. And that's Hmm. my tip. All right. That is amazing. A six-word story. Yeah. Think about (laughs) it. And, and, I mean, like I said, it had the beginning, a middle, and an end. And it just, it makes you think, you know. It sure does. Why were the baby shoes for sale? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a lot you can do with words. It sure does. 
That's simple. And you don't always need a whole lot of them. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome tip, Ruth. Awesome tip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that is, that's it for us tonight, guys. We have yeah, we yep. have had. I hope our listeners have had as much fun as we have because I have certainly had a good time. I have enjoyed this show immensely. <laughs> Me too. Immensely. <laughs> I enjoy all of our authors, all of our authors that come on. We are so blessed to have some wonderful people. But Marsha McLean, I tell you what, we are going to get the book as Victoria tells yes. us all of the time, and we're going <laughs> to go out there so while it's on sale. Take advantage of the sale. Okay. Yeah. Better get it. <laughs> Thank you for all of the nuggets that you you have given us tonight, uh, Ruth. Sure. Do you have any closing comments to make? Uh, I just wanted to remind our listeners uh, about the My Time Story Time. Give us an email. Send us an email at authorsup at gmail dot com for one of the uh, specific character uh, profile requests, and we'll send that right out to you. Great, great, great. How about you, Victoria? You got any closing remarks? Just thanking Marsha again for spending a little time with us, and we'd love for you to come back again when you get that that um, parent guy going. Absolutely. Be more than happy to. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for joining us. And That's Marcia, it. I echo my our co host to my co host tonight. We, we it has just been a joy having you on. I think your your book carries a very, very important message and well done and well said. Great nuggets that yeah. you gave us tonight. And uh thank we are so looking forward to having you come back and join us again on Authors Up. And listeners, we are here every Sunday evening. You know what to do before we leave. Send up some hearts and let Marcia know how much we appreciate her. And yes, put us on yes. your calendar because we will be <laughs> right here next Sunday night at 7 p.m. Until then, this is Andrea Hines with Victoria Henderson Poole and Ruth Griffin. And there's never a dull moment here at Authors, Authors Up. Up.